0: Make, the shine bright. In the clear light. Can make you a star Vegas. at the NFR.
1: NFR Extra is a podcast dedicated to the Wrangler National Finals rodeo and features icons and personalities that embody the Western lifestyle.
0: You know, coming down to that last award, and I step up on stage, and I'm right next to Isley, and Isley just leans over, and he's like, before they call the name, he's like, welcome to the club, buddy, and I was just <laughs> man, I was so emotional. I just wanted that last award so bad, and they call him a name. And, like, you won't book something for the third weekend of May, and you're like, no, it's kindergarten graduation, and they're, they're wanting you to come, but it's just some things you can't, can't miss. Anyway, a belly button shot turned into a light in Bacardi 151 on fire out of a rump belly button. And oh. I got the video Everyone want to see it. It's pretty good. <laughs> hey, yeah. What a
1: great well, way to promote this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is John Harrison, Rodeo Clown Barrelman, 11 times at the Wrangler National Finals on NFR Extra. Thank
2: you so much for joining us, John. This is, this is going to be fun because this is a guy that literally goes all over the U.S. celebrating our way of life and if you're just looking for a good story and it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're just talking about rodeo. I mean, some of his road adventures are are fun to follow. So John, if you will, I want you to tell everybody about when you got to come to my house. Oh
0: gosh. All right. Who, who am I talking to? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're talking
0: to everyone that listens to this podcast and Steven Brylin. Oh my gosh. You know, Uh, I tell you, we get to travel all over the United States and going to people's houses is always a treat and getting spoiled is, uh, is one of those, uh, opportunities that we take advantage of. And, uh, that's exactly what happens. I mean, it was was always a great experience.
2: So John was in Ocala in between rodeos and I get this random phone call saying, Hey, don't you live in Ocala? And John and I, we talk maybe once or twice a year. And it's just because we don't work a lot of rodeos together. uh, he and I have, have done one or two, but we just never have to seem our, our schedules line up. So when John asked what my hometown is, I'm curious. So he goes to tell me that, hey, I found this new trick riding horse. And so I've got to get it tuned up and I'm going to be in your backyard. So we we go to dinner at Texas Roadhouse and I bought dinner and he felt guilty about it. So he comes to our house and like brings all this stuff and we just have a, a great spread. And, uh, the, the stories that you hear from a guy that travels like John are just priceless.
0: <laughs> Being stuck away from home is, uh, is one of them things, especially whenever you're, you're, uh, spending training days, hours on end, uh, and you can't mess with the horse all day. You give him a little bit and you leave. And then sometimes, uh, you're not getting to hang out with your people. And so, anyway, when I found out, yes, I, I knew exactly where you lived. i just going to see if you're going to tell me. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the whole Texas Roadhouse experience was, was a great night. And then uh, getting to come to the house and experience uh, dinner with uh, civilized people, I guess. It was great. <laughs> uh, the, some of the kids, well, well-mannered kids that you don't mind being around. I mean. Where were Andy's yes. kids at? <laughs> right, no kidding, huh? <laughs> Oh, that is great. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm actually in Florida looking for a place to stop on the way back to Oklahoma. So watch out. Come on by. Okay. Careful what you say. I'll buy Texas Roadhouse.
2: How did you get involved in the PRCA in general? Because when you look John Harrison up, a uh, trick rider, Roman rider, and then later becomes a barrel man. So I want to hear a little bit about your journey with the PRCA.
0: I say, uh, this is what happens four years of junior college and you don't finish. Um, <laughs> so. I, uh, I actually grew up in rodeo. My grandfather was a world champion bull rider, uh, Freckles Brown. And I, uh, I realized really quick, I wasn't tough enough to ride bulls. I got on a steer when I was about 12 and it thumped me really hard knocked the breath out of me. And I was just like, why in the world would anybody want to do this? When, uh, I'd seen Leon and Vicki Adams perform, uh, Trick riding, and they, you get paid every time, regardless if you fall off or what. And so I kind of got into the trick riding side, the Roman riding, and realized pretty quick after having my cards for about two or three years that not all rodeos hire act, but every single rodeo has a clown. And so I figured out if I was going to make a living doing this, I better transform over and start uh, uh trying to do the clown inside. And I'd already had a comedy act uh, that I'd put together. And so it kind of fell hand in hand. and One day in Dubuque, Iowa, the rodeo clown did not show up. I was working for Dave Moorhead as a specialty act, and he was like, you're up. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, you'll be fine. I had Roger Mooney announcing for me, and he pretty much – he he'd set the ball on the tee and let me hit it. So I realized really quick when you don't have great announcers, a couple weeks later, it's a lot more difficult. But that's (laughs) how I got into (laughs) it.
1: that uh it's pretty cool one of the things that i admire about you john is um you know you go by on social media as the clown family and you being the patriarch of it but um you know especially when you go to las vegas for the Wrangler national finals rodeo you seldom do you just get to see john harris by himself it's it's the entire you know the wife and the kids and everything and, and that's pretty special man what's it like having your family to be a part of this
0: but, you know, getting to travel with them on the road is, is the best. Being gone away from them. I mean, and it can tell you like, it's not fun whenever you're having to, you get those uh, videos and you're FaceTime and all that. And uh, you're missing out on life events that you can't get back with your kids, you know, and and the a, com- a don't understand when they call and like, you won't book something for the third week in May. And you're like, no, it's kindergarten graduation. And they're, they're wanting you to come, but it's just some things you can't, can't miss. And, the family, the family is me. is is what it's about. I mean, you know, we sell tickets to rodeos, and they bring the family. It's a family event, you know, and that's exactly how I feel. I have my family on the road, and it's it's an event adventure for us. Usually, you got five of us crammed in a living quarter trailer, uh, for you know, two or three months at a time, and it is uh, an experience. I guess they get to see things all over the country that most kids would never get to see if it wasn't for rodeo my kids wouldn't get to see it and uh that's a blessing blessing for me and you know i've put my kids in the act uh, numerous numerous times and they always hold that over my head now that you know uh, when they want something they'll always bring that up about how they help <laughs> me with action <laughs> so they think they need uh, a little a little compensation for it now but uh, having the family on the road is 100 uh worth it it's more expensive of course you have to travel with five of us and everything costs a lot of money, but my wife behind the scenes she's the one that she warms up my horses, cools out my horses, allow me to be in the arena more. She helps pick out people for acts and she's pretty diggum good at what she does. And not to mention the driving. I really, I really enjoy that aspect of having her on the road.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of a saint of the whole entire deal, but that's uh pretty neat. So do your kids yeah. joke, other than having the mandatory, you will participate in this act do your kids have any ambition? Cause I can't remember. What's your son's name? Okay. He Vegas. I've heard a couple of jokes from him that are really funny and a little bit like, Oh, he just said that. But do they have kind of the natural, I want to be an entertainer or is that something that you're just kind of setting back and, and seeing what happens there?
0: I'm just going to have to set back and see what happens. My daughter, uh, she of course sees my oldest daughter who's 15 Addie, saw trick riding and she wanted to try it and we'd go to the arena and i don't know if it's because being a dad in in the arena and she don't want to listen but you know she complained that trick riding hurts i'm like well yeah it doesn't feel good like it's not an easy (laughs) easy thing to do so she uh we'd butt heads and she's decided that uh she would she don't want to be a trick rider anymore and kaz uh he likes the entertainment side of it when it comes to the money but it's just not cool you know he's 12 (laughs) and um his buddies aren't doing it so he don't want to and he wants to ride uh saddle bronx when he gets older and he's been going to youth rodeos and getting on some steers and then my youngest daughter charlie she could probably be my entertainer she's all about uh having fun but who knows what she what she's gonna do uh she's been getting into mutton busting and kicking tail they have we have a youth organization there at home TJRA's and uh my daughter has won a lot more money riding sheep than my son has riding steers, and he does not <laughs> take that. Risk well, you gotta try harder. That's right. That's why I told him. If we add up all the time you rode a steer, don't equal the one time that she rode the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Speaking of your family, you told us that you like taking them to Vegas as much as you can for the finals. This year was a little different because usually you don't have much of a, a microphone presence. You you don't get your usual opportunity to entertain the crowd, but y- you had a little bit of a curveball thrown at you this year. I want you to tell that story for people that may not have been in the Thomas Mac.
0: So if you've never been to the NFR and I know a lot of committees go there and they'll, they'll look at me and be like, Hey, we'd like to have you at your rodeo, but you really didn't do anything. We've seen you at Vegas and that's not what we're looking for. And I'm like, well, that's not how it usually works. <laughs> so Vegas, the, the rodeo clown don't get a microphone and, I, it's a fast-paced show. It's the fastest-paced rodeo that there is in the nation, and there's not really any time for a clown to do anything during the event. But during the TV breaks and whatnot, we've been, I've been uh, trying to get a, just a spot with a microphone, and you always worry about a clown going over or into the commercial break or whatever. And so we came up with a couple of ways um, that I considered uh, foolproof that we could use a microphone. And uh, we talked to the general manager, and Alan agreed, and he said, we're going to try this. And uh, we went out one night and we did the wave um, horseback and it was a lot of fun getting the crowd involved. And we did the Simba cam. And if you've never seen the Simba cam that you go out and you you talk about the Lion King and holding your kid in the air. And so right after the bareback riding, um, I think it was around uh, six, we uh, went out and we did the Simba cam. It was planned, you know, it had the microphone. It worked out, worked out really well. Well, I'm going back up, up the tunnel uh, to go to the locker room. And they get the microphone from me. Uh, just, you know, cause we're done obviously. Right. And I go back and we're sitting down watching the steer wrestling in the locker room and the lights flicker. And I'm like, Oh, what was that? Well, in our room, we could still hear the announcers just fine. So I thought everything was just, you know, back to normal. And my wife calls and she's like, get out there. You got to do something. I'm like, what are you, I just got done. <laughs> and so I had no idea <laughs> the lights were out. And so everybody thinks you know because the lights went out that they should be able to come right back on but the difference is the lights there aren't led lights they're the (laughs) old school lights that take 15 minutes to cool down and they're like well they turn them off all the time but they're not really turning the lights off they have shutters that go in front of the lights so the shutters when it goes dark in the thomas and mac it's just the shutters going over the front of the lights The lights never turn off so i go running up to the announcer stand and of course everybody's in a panic you know uh, and so I asked uh, Hambone, who was uh, calling the shots there, because one of the guys that does it was actually in the hospital sick. And uh, I was like, "What are you do you to Do he's like, "I don't care, go do something." So we run out there. They still we had in-house music and and announcing. Thank goodness we were just waiting on the lights to come up and got the opportunity to actually ablib a little bit and have fun in the arena. And we did the wave, uh, went around there three or four times. And it's a lot easier horseback than it is running on the ground. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> And then, uh, Benji, we had one of the greatest sound guys in the world there. Thank goodness. And Benji played all these sing-alongs and we got to pull the cell phone, uh, cell phones out and everybody turned on their flashlights. And it was just, it was one of them opportunities where a rodeo clown got to actually do something. And I'll never, ever forget it. It was, it was a great opportunity. That's awesome. A couple of times I would see a bulldoggers right forward into, I'd be out in the middle of the arena. And the last thing you want to do at this point is be in the arena when they're ready to start. Right. And I would see two loggers ride in and I'm like, Oh crud. And so I would take off running to the fence and they were just like truly walking in to let their horses breathe and like uh, loose them up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'd run back out.
2: (laughs) I can tell you, we won't forget it here in Las Vegas. That little moment, it was quite entertaining for all of us. And I will say uh, thank you on your behalf because it was definitely a silent moment in the building all caused by one little uh, car wreck power outage. So
0: right everybody everybody me if i paid the lady to hit the transformer
1: yeah i can neither confirm nor deny these accusations that's but correct. sally <laughs> Sa- sally sure is a nice gal right. <laughs> exactly that that's always encouraging too when you sit there and you're like what do i do it's like, i don't know do something it's like very clear thank you very much let me just
0: <laughs> yeah you don't have any idea and that's the one rodeo that every eye is upon you you don't want to screw up you know so uh, it was kind of uh, it makes you nervous to run out there cuz you don't know at what point that they're truly ready to roll back in yeah. you don't want to be standing in the, middle of the arena and the announcer has to be like hey john can you get out of the arena so we can go you know mm-hmm. so i just kind of played it by ear and uh, finally you could see the lights get a little brighter and i don't i didn't know at what point uh that you know they would say hey let's let's go uh the bulldog is probably the the most laid back uh of guys at all when it comes to uh when they could have in the dark and they, they wouldn't have cared. So, yeah. fun experience for me. I know that. Yeah. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be right back.
2: Looking for NFR video content and features? It's all in one place at forward slash Las Vegas NFR. You will find unique features like the top 35 most memorable moments since 1985, the top 60 NFR contestants of all time, NFR champions recaps, custom NFR videos, and much more. You'll also find NFR performance recaps, insider tips, and interviews you might have missed along the way. Once you dive in, you'll find a lot more great content. There's something for all rodeo fans, because legacies and memories are made in Vegas.
1: That's pretty rewarding. I mean, just getting to NFR as a barrel man is something that, of course, everybody in the industry that is in that division has aspirations for. But then to have an opportunity like that to really capitalize off of, um, you really got to kind of show your worth, you know, for all those other committees that say, you know, we well, didn't do anything. It's like, that's the thing is when it's easy, yeah it's almost i won't say anybody can do it but man i mean when things are rolling smooth and you got a good team and you got a good rodeo it's like bam piece of cake oh yeah when you got to work for it on something especially on that level at that caliber with tv with the live audience with gms and stock contractors and everybody's you know going down your throat um i think that you really capitalized off that and that's also where i'm kind of going on this deal is the year-end awards that is something that you, you know, any question on whether your clean sweep was rewarding or not for, for worth it. It's like, here you go. Here's why old, old John's at, at the wheel.
0: Man. Well, I, when it comes to that, I can't tell you, so blessed this year and um, to be able to win the, the trifecta to, you know, they call, was on stage there and for the Coors man, they can, they called that out and, of course that's always a, a great award to win. That's you know, like that's saying barrel man of the year, you know, and uh that's a ten thousand dollar bonus and his name goes on a bronze and in and the and the hall of fame and so that's an award you always want to win. And the second one, I mean we go up there, I've been nominated I think twelve times or something, thirteen times for Clown of the Year and never won it. And uh was not expecting it this year. It's kinda of Justin Rumford's award and I just kind of expected him to, to get it again and completely 100% shocked when they called my name out and uh you know and then you, you're you get emotional because you never won that word before and you, you step off stage and then you're like holy smoke i have a shot at the trifecta and uh looking back you know it's time i was like only flint um rasmussen and keith Isley have ever done this and then i just went to flint show the other day and he informed me that he he there wasn't a trifecta the trifecta for them was then whenever he won um uh, uh, Coors man in the can and clown of the year, uh, our act of the year, there was no clown of the year. So the, the trifecta is when you've got the NFR. So he never done it. So Eisley was the only one that's ever, uh, won those three awards and, you know, coming down to that last award and I step up on stage and I'm right next to Isley and Isley just leans over and he's like, before they call the name, he's like, welcome to the club, buddy. And I was just, <laughs> you know, I was so emotional. I just wanted that last award so bad. And they called him a name and it was just, On him on them God moments, you know, you you can't say thanks enough and how blessed we are to win all three. I mean, gosh, dogs, I I went out in the hall when nobody could see and I cried like a baby. Yeah.
1: And and to get the NFR on top of it. So it's kind of like the quad factor.
0: It is. You're exactly right.
2: Absolutely. Hey, let me let me ask you something. I mean, you and Justin are really good friends. Please tell me there was some sort of like, even if it was the smallest of digs, like there had to have been something where it's like, Hey, Rump. I I just sitting here having a glass of cold beer with my uh, three. There had to have been something. Come
0: on, Johnny. But You know, I felt bad because his our kids never get to go to the awards banquet. And so my kids and finding tickets for it's very difficult. Like they were sure. sold out. So he, Rump bought a table because his dad had won the Lifetime Achievement Award. Right. And so he had all of his kids there. And then all of my kids were there. And his kids were not happy that dad did not win Clown of the year. And so I was pretty easy on him. I didn't, I didn't gig him much. And of course he was proud for me, but the time Hambone gigs him all the time. So that makes it a pretty, pretty good uh, deal. But I mean, it's, it's coming. We're close. Give we a little time, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't want him to knock my friend for something I said. Sure. But, with, yeah, with I would Rump- give him a hard time. Don't worry.
1: With rumps three kids, you could have gotten the negative trifecta of that thing too. If you go, dancing around too much by old dad
0: trump uh, rump gives us a hard time that uh his friends are his friends aren't really his friends because we lit him on fire one time and he still holds that over our heads and so you know that's that's just rump he come to the house one time it was during COVID, and his kids didn't get a kindergarten graduation due to all the lockdowns. so we we decided to host the kindergarten graduation at our house and there's about 20 of us there and Anyway, a belly button shot turned into a light and Bacardi 151 on fire out of a rump belly button, and oh. I got the video. Everyone to see it, it's pretty good. <laughs> hey, yeah, what a great well, way to promote this podcast. And just <laughs> just con-
2: consider consider the source too, because this is a guy that uses a belt pack microphone and has not bought batteries in like six or seven years now. So uh,
0: I mean, no. uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's gonna mooch whatever he can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love him. Love him. Oh.
2: so i want to know uh, of the of the places you go john and i i you've been in this long enough that you're you're going to give the standard press conference am- answer and you're not going to give me you know your number one rodeo but give give me a few you know in your top five top 10 and and why you like
0: going to those places oh gosh well I'm going to go ahead and tell you my number one and I know most guys would would never do that Ooh. but uh o- Ogden Utah okay. okay and that rodeo there um you know and I have I have tons of favorites I mean there's no doubt so you get into the deadwoods and I mean you can go on and on list of of your favorite rodeos cuz each one's got something to offer but Ogden I've been there. Most people, you know, they trade out their clowns. They'll go a year and, night and they switch them out. But I've been in Ogden uh, for, I think, a little over 10 years, except for one year that I was wanting to go back. um, And they, I was like, absolutely. I went and worked uh, Spanish Fork, like another great rodeo. Um, But Ogden's one of them rodeos that, I mean, they roll out the red carpet for you. They get there. They, they build my horses. uh, These tents, the shade for my, for my horses. There's just, you know we're down there it's a hundred i mean it's 105 in August and it's hot mm. and so my horse is standing down there and uh, they build my horse's shade they put in all new power pretty much just just for my my trailer i'm the only one that parks down there but then they they set us up on all these adventures they take us to go shoot machine guns they'll do this with the judges uh too and uh whatever special acts they have and you know they offer us to go skydiving. i mean it's just one thing after another i built my kids a play play set uh like swing set stuff to, to play on my kids by far, I mean, they get there and they get gift baskets and it's just, they spoil us like no other. And it's just one of them rodeos that, uh, they're like family. And so, yeah, I have to, I have to put them down as number one for us and they take care of the contestants. I mean, free haircuts, massages, uh, cooking meals, all there in slack all day long, the hospitality at Ogden, Utah is second to none.
1: Wow, that's pretty deep. I thought you were just going there because like your contract was up, but that seems like a
2: pretty legit number one.
0: We just re- we just renewed it. That's another reason. Gonna...
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, Roger works at rodeo with you, so I should be able to do it in twenty sixty. Uh, so I don't know if you'll still be clowning then or not, but. Uh...
0: Well, I don't. I don't imagine my bank's going to let me quit anytime soon. So, <laughs> that's pretty much who I work for. It seems like. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to it. Come on. It'll be, it'll be fun with you there.
1: I might just go use my PRCA companion
0: pass and go get a haircut and a massage. I like it. I like it. Uh, you go shoot machine guns with us. That's quite the adventure right there.
2: I'm a little concerned about judges having machine guns, depending on how slack went.
0: That's a good point. But you know, they, they have a other actual trained personnel there that kind of keep us in line. Okay. So, oh, all right. Yeah, and we can go play golf. I know you're a golfer. We get to go play golf like on the military base. Uh so that's always always fun. The general actually be a guest of the general and go uh play around of golf. And that's something else. The openings there at that rodeo. I mean, very few rodeos truly get uh like fly over some fighter jets and they, they do it there. It's it's really cool openings. That's awesome. I that's go on and on a, about yeah.
1: that. No, that's that's the cool thing about the, you know, I mean there's there's a lot about the, you know, kind of the Gosh darn, how do I say this without going down a rabbit hole, but it almost seemed like patriotism was trying to be dissolved, you know, or diluted out of a lot of different events. And it seems like rodeo, when that happened, for the most part, was still grabbing gears and like, no, no, we're, you know, I mean, it's truly, you know, you look at what the roots of rodeo and everything like that is, but it's like, no, this is our foundation. And how many people are, you know, I mean, very military oriented or, you know, have a background in that. And rodeo is kind of like one of those things where we celebrate that. So that's very encouraging to have those committees that still don't falter to that and continue to just respect the people that fight for our country and our nation and give us the freedoms that we have.
0: 100%, you know, and hats off to those committees that probably get um, negative feedback. I mean, you know, it's hard whenever people write in that says they're too much Americana and uh, definitely disagree with them. And they're like, Hey, there's a lot of events you can go to. Don't, you know, if you don't want to come, don't come and turn right. down a ticket sale, but they stand their ground. And, um, you know, we're, she, we wouldn't be where we are without the military and the people, men and women that died and that give us the rights to go up and down the road. And so, I mean, hats off to those committees that actually do an opening based around, uh, patriotism and, uh, Americana. So right. prayer to there. And it's great when you go to a rodeo and you, you, when you get done saying amen and the crowd cheers, you're like, yeah, yeah. this is God's still alive. Yeah.
1: Right. Right.
0: Well,
2: speaking of the American Dream, uh, I've got one more question that's that's been bugging me because I, I still have to question myself and how I was able to accomplish this. But how did you get a beautiful and talented wife? Because I I know mine was just like tripping over a sidewalk, and she helped me you know get back to my feet. But how in the heck did you get Carla? <laughs>
0: Well, now don't every woman grow up dreaming of wanting to marry a rodeo clown? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So does her dad. <laughs> oh. Right. oh, I think her dad was more disappointed than anybody. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh gosh, there's, there's a story there. I, uh, I'd been dating Carla for a while. We met in Iowa. She was doing an internship for world's toughest rodeo doing media and marketing. She was going to school in Cal Poly in California. And we, I really liked her, uh, I was really dumb at dating, I guess. Uh, I, I was dating her for three months before she ever knew I was dating her and I had to explain <laughs> that to her, calling her every day. And so anyway, uh, I, uh, know that I like this, this chick and, uh, I'm, I'm want to marry her. And so my dad always told me, said, Hey, when you find the right one, you got to go to her dad and ask for permission. And I was like, Oh gosh, well, I'm a rodeo clown in Oklahoma and don't have the budget to go to California to ask her dad and I finally drum up the courage to, to call and they were, her parents were on the road and her mom answered. And I was like, Hey, Ginger, this is John. Can I speak with Roy? And she's like, sure. So Roy gets on the phone and I was like, Roy, this is John. I was like, I just want to let you know that I love your daughter and I want to marry her and just wanted your permission. And he goes, yeah. He said that, that'd be perfectly fine with me. And when I get back to town, I need to get some tires put on this car. <laughs> he he said i was like this is john from oklahoma he goes oh hell you marry her too i don't care (laughs) (laughs) i knew that john they sunk in later i knew that john he was talking about he changed the oil in my truck it was a local mechanic there in town i was like now i'm nervous he's like say yes the first person that calls he's trying to get rid of her oh gosh that's awesome i married I'm married way over my head. She is, she is awesome. She's an auctioneer, so she travels quite a bit doing that, going back and forth to California, which is good. Lets her see uh, her family, but awesome mom. And she tends to all of our rent houses and headaches that I don't want. I don't want to. And so, uh, man, I just I'm married. I married up, just like you, Andy, up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, there was only one way to add height to my family. I had to marry up. So. <laughs>
0: That is true. Your kids are thankful for your relationship. Yes, they
2: are. (laughs) They can write me a thank you note when they graduate. Uh, There we go. (laughs) I like like it. Well, before I let you go, I'm going to have you pick one of your favorite restaurants while you're in Las Vegas, because you are here 14 days a year, minimum.
0: Oh, gosh. Michael's. Michael's. Michael's Mm. is, uh, if you've ever been to Michael's, that is the place that... uh, for those of us who married up, you got to take your wives at least once a year to a restaurant like that. And uh, Michael's, the, you can't beat the service in that place. It is is—it is absolutely unbelievable. And the food you will leave there foundered, I promise you. Yeah. When you can pop
1: quail eggs like M&M's, you know it's a problem. You got to start slowing down.
0: That is so true. And uh, it's, it's a great place to try stuff you haven't tried because you know it's going to be done right. And if uh, you don't like it, well, then that way you walk away from there and knowing that that food wasn't, wasn't for you but uh the the steaks there i mean my, we took our kids one year michael treated us after the rodeo took the bullfighters and uh my kids and my gosh that they still talk about it to this day and um yeah that's probably our favorite restaurant did they look yeah.
2: did you funny when you ordered a coors light you know because it's got a pretty good wine list if i remember
0: correctly they have a great wine list and my wife uh Took advantage of the wine list, and I ordered a Coors Light. <laughs> and when I did, they brought this little deal, a uh, little bucket in with three or four other Coors Light, and set it by my chair. And I never ran out of Coors Light. So Sounds I'm like he I knows wasn't first, you. I <laughs> was the first one to order it. <laughs> yeah. And then you know they they want to offer you the glass, and I'm just like, I'll drink it out of the bottle. I'm, yeah, kind <laughs> of <out. laughs> Just keep these coming. That's awesome. Yeah. But don't let me run out. And they didn't. It was great. Oh. Well, John, thank
2: you so much for your time. We, we know you're busy. Uh, since you're closer to the equator than any of us, please wear sunscreen. And uh, we, we appreciate your time, brother, and we look forward to seeing you in the future.
0: Hey, thanks for, thanks for having me. Now, I might sink BioCal here in the next week, so watch out. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, buddy. See y'all.
2: Want to experience more of the NFR? then visit NFRExperience.com and we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeart Radio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe.